0: Welcome to The CAP, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students, and parents so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk@gmail.com. at and don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today X Hip, who's the Assistant Director at Virginia Tech whose 3,000-acre campus is set in the scenic Blue Ridge Mountains of Blacksburg, Virginia. x I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you in advance. How are you?
1: Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Always great to kind of get out here and and be in podcast land. I I always enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Well, we appreciate that and we're very happy to have you here. So let me start with an obvious question. We know about the D1 athletics, the solid academic programs and its reputation, but tell us X-Ray, what are some of the things that you personally love about Virginia Tech that make it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend?
1: Absolutely. There, there are so many different things about tech that just really attract a, a variety of students from, you know, all over the country, all over the world, even. Um, what brought me to tech, so I'm originally from South Carolina and the, the like you said, the Blue Ridge Mountains up here are gorgeous. So uh, the area doesn't hurt whatsoever. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've definitely got a sweet setup here. here. Um, gorgeous campus. And then once you get here, it's the people that keep you. Um I think really the students, the faculty, the staff, we're a big school, like you said, around thirty thousand, but it feels like a family. And and that's something that I just really value. Um and so I think that's the that's the kind of intangible that you don't get to see on paper with Virginia Tech when when you're on campus you feel like you're home. So
0: well that's terrific. Thank you so much. And I know X read that students usually spend at least four years in college. So visiting campus before committing is really important for students to get a feel of the campus, the surrounding area, as you mentioned. So, if a student is able to come to campus, what are the areas that they should visit? And what are some of the questions that students should be asking to help them determine if the school is, in fact, the right fit for them?
1: Absolutely. Um, and that, that's a crucial part of, I think, high school kind of going into college, making sure that you get to campus if you can, um, of any school that you're looking at. And for us, You've actually you've got the right guy today. I actually oversee <laughs> our tour guides and our daily visits. So uh, I've done quite a bit of work with our daily visit schedule. And so we have visits, you know, Monday through Saturday, as long as there's not a football game uh, on the Saturday. <laughs> and then we'll have, you know, big open house events too throughout the year. And I think the, the most crucial part of students coming to visit campus is asking questions to the students that you see. Um, all of our visits have a tour component where it's, you know, you're, you're led around campus by a student. And I think too often students stay quiet. Uh, they just sit there. They kind of take in the information. You know that's fine. You're going to get you're going to get a lot of information. Um, but don't be afraid to ask stuff that you want to specifically know about your experience, about your major, um, about you know the environment. And the students are the experts, right? I, I work here, but the students are going to class every day. They're on campus every day, and so they are the true experts of what this campus is like. And so I think any college tour you're going on, you, you got to ask those students questions.
0: Well, I think that's great advice. And as you said, there's over 30,000 students. So in oh, fact, yeah. if anybody is visiting the campus of Virginia Tech, there's definitely going to be a lot of students that you can yeah, going to bump into. Of <laughs> <Plenty of> <laughs> <options>. <laughs> exactly. And asking them questions about their classes, the professors, what they do on campus and off. It's very important to do that before committing to a school. So we really appreciate that insight, X-Ray. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending Virginia Tech? And X-Ray, do you track such things as part of your overall college admissions process?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question because, you know, some schools track demonstrated interest, others do not. Um, we don't track demonstrated interest, um, but I, I don't think that means, you know, that doesn't mean don't show up to stuff. <laughs> uh, you you <laughs> definitely should still come for a campus visit. You definitely should, you know, should come to, you know, if we're at a college fair or if we're at your high school, come ask us questions because that's how you get to know us. Um, we won't track that as part of our admissions process, but I think it is key just for anyone interested in Virginia Tech.
0: Understood. And actually, are there different ways to apply to Virginia Tech based on major? Such as having to submit a portfolio or not, and if so, any insight that you could give into the application types would be greatly appreciated. And feel free, by the way, to talk about applying early action, early decision, while explaining whether or not there's a benefit to applying one way over the other. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so this one will be a, this one will be a little bit long-winded for me.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> no problem.
1: <laughs> so we we do at Virginia Tech we admit by major so when a student goes in to apply to us they'll actually select a major and they'll start in that major from day one here and you know that doesn't matter what major you're choosing whether it's you know history or whether it's engineering you're going to be going right into that from day one so um, on that application you'll select that and we do offer programs in like studio art architecture Uh, these programs typically require portfolios from other schools but ours actually do not and so we won't look at a portfolio we we don't need one from you especially in architecture uh, that program's philosophy is kind of building students once they get here. And so you'll actually develop that portfolio as a freshman once you're on campus. And so what we're looking for from students, you know, strong grades, obviously the transcript is going to be the, the big important piece, um, but no extra portfolio required for us for for any of our majors. Now, when it comes to when you should apply, um, these deadlines, you know, early decision, early action, and we have a, a regular decision as well, um, I always recommend either early decision or early action and i think first-time families can also kind of get get those confused because they sound very similar (laughs) and so i always give the advice you know how i keep them straight in my head is you know early decision i'm making my college decision this is a binding agreement that you're signing with the college saying if i apply early decision i will attend your university if i'm accepted and then early action non-binding you can apply to as many schools as you'd like early action for us and so either one of those, you know, if we're your top school, you want to come here, no matter what, early decision is your choice. Um, if you're applying to multiple schools, you know, but maybe we're in your, you know, top top two, top three, top five, um, early action would be, a, would be a great option. Now, what I don't recommend, to be honest, is regular decision. Um, it sounds harmless because it just sounds like regular. Uh, but for us, we consider that space available only. So whatever space is left over after the first two um, gets pushed down to regular decision. So I always recommend you know, if you are applying to multiple schools, just go ahead and do early action. Uh, and that deadline to apply is December 1st for early action. So it's not, you know, super quick or anything like that. You've got some time to go ahead and get there and apply.
0: Well, that's great insight and great advice. And we appreciate giving us the overview in terms of applying ED early action. And I definitely appreciate your comments in terms of regular decision and how it applies to Virginia Tech. So thank you so yeah. much, X-Ray. And I also know that Virginia Tech, like many other schools nowadays, is test optional. x can you share the percentage of students that apply and that are ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores?
1: Yeah, and I love this question because... You see more and more schools going test optional, right? Um, you're, you're seeing across the country and a typical follow-up question I get as well. Are you test optional or are you wink, wink, nudge, nudge, test optional? Should I submit my test scores anyway? You know, is it, is it worth submitting my test scores? And for us, I would say there's not a huge emphasis on that. And so we've been test optional now for, this is going to be year three, and we are test optional through the year 2025, um, basically to gather data to prove that being test optional is okay. Um, and that, you know, our office has the philosophy that your time in high school is a much better predictor of success than, than, you know, one Saturday morning for three hours, and so we actually have tracked the past two years, you know, how many students apply test optional, and then how many students, you know, what's the acceptance rate of that, and so last year we had, and the year before, honestly, pretty similar stats, about 49% of our applicants do test optional, um, and their acceptance rate is nearly identical uh, to the students who are applying with test scores i think it was a last year was a 0. 0.025 difference which is wow not statistically nothing with the amount of applications we're getting <laughs> we're getting <laughs> you know we got forty five thousand applicants and a, wow. a 0. 0.025 difference is just nothing um and so i always tell students you know we really are test optional you really don't have to submit your test scores it's not going to be a huge difference and so feel free to you know just go you know lean heavy on your transcript
0: well, we appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. And of course, with the increase x three in schools going test optional and the ease with which to apply to multiple schools, of course, thanks to things like the Common App and the Coalition App, schools are receiving, as you know, far more applications than ever before. And so as admissions professionals, how do you determine the number of applicants to accept, wait lists, and even deny when you receive far more applications from deserving candidates than seats available,
1: absolutely, I, I love this question because it's true. Um, and, and to be quite honest, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Um, anyone in in this profession, and you know my my counterparts all around the higher education world, we're not in it to you know be be mean people and uh, try to keep <laughs> students out. Uh, most of us are in this profession because we like helping students find their fit. Um, and we want to get you here. And so it is a difficult process to kind of to sift through all these applications and, uh, you know, tell some students yes and unfortunately tell some students no. Uh, and it is difficult because we are seeing, you know, record numbers of applications and very, very, very qualified applicants. So I, I do want to say to all the, you know, students and, and families out there, if you get a wait list or you get a denial, I, I don't think that's so much a reflection of you as it is a reflection of the space that we're in right now. Um, everything is hyper-competitive. Students are, you know, anxiety I think is through the roof. I can kind of feel it this year. And so I think it's important to kind of take some deep breaths along the way and know that, you know, you're gonna end up where you're supposed to be, um, whether that's as a freshman, whether you transfer in, it's gonna be okay. And you're gonna make it where you need to be. Um, now, when we're actually sitting down to review applications, like I said, since we since we admit by major, we're looking at you know, let's say a student applying for engineering. If you're applying for engineering, I'm going to want to see, you know, different things than I would from a history major. If you're going in engineering, I'd like to see, you know, math and sciences, upper level. Uh, if you're going to history, obviously, I probably don't need to see calculus, right? Um, and so we we are using those kind of things to kind of decide on the application, you know, where students fall um, for acceptances, waitlists, and denies. And unfortunately, you know, we use our waitlist as a place to, to put students saying, you know, you're a great student, we just don't have the space for you this year. Um, And right now, like I said, last year we got 45,000 applications. That was a a Virginia Tech record of of all time. And um, I'm not sure if we'll break that again this year, but if we don't break it, I'm sure we'll come close just because of, you know, the numbers that we're seeing. And for us, we set these, we set goals for the university of, you know, how many freshmen are we gonna bring in this year? And then how many students are gonna go into this major? How many students are gonna go into that major? And so it gets pretty specific. Um, but we do a pretty thorough job of looking at, you know, what classes have you taken, what grades have you made, um, you know, how did you answer our four short answer questions that we give you, and you know, what are you doing outside the classroom? And so we'll use all that to kind of make our decisions.
0: I want to welcome back Sean Patel who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016 and he's also a board certified dermatologist who received a perfect score on his SAT. Sean, welcome back. How you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners, real quick, that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So, for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our Prep Expert SAT courses, ACT courses, Or one on one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code college talk, one word, just college talk, and that'll give you 30% off all Prep Expert SAT courses, ACT courses. Or one on one tutoring packages, make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast.
0: Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made using our coupon code, which is college talk. The College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from PrEP Expert, but rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. So whether you're preparing for the SAT, ACT, or need a one-on-one tutor, PrEP Expert has the tools and expertise to help you. For more information, please see the PrEP Expert Affiliate Partnership link in the show notes. And now, let's get back to the show. Well, we really appreciate that, and I particularly appreciate how you talked about the wait list, or in fact, sometimes students are actually denied, and not taking it as a reflection on yourself. It's basically the atmosphere that we're in nowadays with, like we said earlier, so many students applying more. Candidates that are worthy than seats available. And I also appreciate the insight in terms of the different majors. Obviously, if you're applying as an engineering major, the importance of the higher level math and science classes. And of course, if you're doing something in the social sciences, whether or not you have uh, an advanced calculus course on your transcript, uh, it's not weighted as heavy. So X-Ray, thank you so much for that insight. We really appreciate that. And of course, the transcript is the most important part of the academic portion of the overall application. So X-Ray, can you walk us through what are you looking for when reviewing an applicant's transcript? And does it differ based on the student's intended major? Now, I know you already had touched upon that, but any other insight that you could give us would be greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and so it definitely depends. And a, a kind of question I usually get from my students out there is, obviously, if you're going into a STEM major, you know, we want to see that math and science. Um, but colleges offer so many more majors than, you know, you have classes in high school, right? Um, like we offer a major in in water conservation. I probably won't see water conservation on a high school transcript. <laughs> your your school probably doesn't <laughs> offer that, and so students, you know, ask me, uh, "What should I be taking?" You know, if I'm majoring in, you know, criminology or or forestry, um, you know, there there aren't uh, corollary classes that you you have in high school to for us to kind of look for. And so I always tell students we're just looking for well-rounded applicants, right? Um, we, we we understand that you know high schools aren't going to have the exact same word for word classes that you know you're majoring in. And so it's okay to just be well-rounded, but also, you know, like, like if you are going into a water conservation or a forestry type class, maybe, maybe biology is gonna be something that I look towards. And so while it won't match, you know, word for word, name for name, there are general subject areas that you can kind of knock out. And so um, students who are going into like criminology, sociology, psychology, you know, maybe a psychology class, right? Um, but we also get, when we're reviewing applications, we get a high school profile, so I can see what your high school offers course wise and then I kind of compare that to what you're taking. And so I'm not gonna punish you for not having classes that your school doesn't offer um if, if that makes sense. So I'm not gonna say, oh well, little Jimmy doesn't have calculus, um, but his school doesn't offer calculus, so I can't really, you know, knock him for that. And so it'll depend on, you know, what your high school offers um and what you're going into. But we'll we'll consider all those factors.
0: Well, thank you so much, NX3. I've received some inquiries about students that are actually homeschooled. How does the application process differ for students that are homeschooled?
1: Yeah, and so there's not a huge difference in our application process, to be honest. Um, we actually have someone in our office who works specifically with students who are homeschooled. Um, her name is Jane Todd. And so we actually, you know, we get a decent amount of homeschooled students each year. And, you know, with how many applications we're getting, we usually have, you know, a specialists in in Every area you could imagine, um, someone in the offices kind of oversees you know many different you know specialty areas. Like, we have for instance ROTC programs here at Virginia Tech, and so we have a, a liaison to our, the ROTC programs. And you know, like I said, Jade is liaison for for homeschooled students, and so the application process won't look any different. Um, now, I know some homeschool students have like a, a local hub that they work with where you know it's sponsored by a sp- certain program. And so for those students, they just, you know, make sure they get us transcripts from that. Um, and then some students are truly homeschooled. It's there's no hub. It's just the, um, you know, the guardian, whoever is doing the homeschooling. And so you, they will have to draft up, you know, transcripts to send us. Uh, and whether that's uh, typical A's, B's, uh, or whether it's numerical or whether it's even, uh, I've been seeing more and more um, narrative grading where it's, there's no letter grade. It's just the narrative. But we, we've, you know, got the resources to, to parse all that out.
0: Well, we appreciate that. And I always include the, in this case, Virginia Tech Office of Undergraduate Admissions in the show notes. So X3, if you have any other resources that you want to send to me so that we can make it available to the parents, just email it to me. And of course, we'll put it there in the show notes. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
0: What are some examples of college essays that left an impression with you? And what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when sitting down to write their essays?
1: Yeah, my I'll, I'll say my my piece of advice first and then I'll give it an example. Um my biggest piece of advice is to write what you know. Um write what you're interested in. I think too often we see students trying to to please us, right? They're trying to write something that they think we want to hear. Um and then that just comes off as really forced. Uh, I can I can tell an essay where, you know, someone's like, "Oh, well, here's what they want. So I'll give I'll give this to them." I can I can tell that's, you know, that's not really from that's not really who you are uh and when a student writes from the heart or writes from you know something that they're interested in it's so much more interesting to read about and so i always say go for what you're interested in um and kind of go that way a lot of times schools will you know ask you like supplementary supplementary questions as well if i could pronounce that today <laughs> <laughs> um and so for example we ask a question about resilience you know how have you shown resilience throughout your life i think when students hear that they're like oh man I have to have you know a, a really good example of something crazy that's happened to me, um, but it can be small things too. You know, we we realize that you're still in high school. Um, you know, you haven't had 40 years of life experience, so <laughs> you know we we know that you have a smaller sample size to choose from. And a lot of students see that and they'll they go immediately to COVID, right? Um, because that's a huge part of you know their the life that they've lived so far. And my caution with writing about COVID for students is to make sure if you're going to write about it, um, make sure it's a very personalized story. Uh, I I think we're seeing a lot of students who say, you know, COVID sucked. I had to learn from home and I wasn't good at it. And I I don't want to I don't want to dismiss their experience because that's obviously a major part of their life experience so far. Um, But I also want you to stand out on your college applications. Right. Um, I want you to stand out of the crowd. So I would avoid writing about COVID if. Indeed, it, it's not a super personal thing. If it's something very personal has happened to you, go for it. Um, otherwise, don't be afraid to write about a smaller life event. It doesn't have to be something super crazy. And an example I like to use, I read an essay about leadership um, where a young man, he was writing about how he was the dungeon master and his dungeon dragons <laughs> group. And I was like, okay, this is a little silly, but I got into it. And, you know, he wrote about how, you know, during COVID, he, you know, wasn't didn't have very many friends to go hang out with. He was lonely. And so he started this little group where he could, you know, see the same few people and they could do something fun together. And so it got him out of his shell a little bit. It got him in contact with people. And then he, you know, finished his essay by saying, you know, when I come to Virginia Tech, I won't be afraid to step out of my comfort zone because I already have. And so when I get there, I won't be able afraid to I won't be afraid to try new things, to meet new people, and to see if people are interested in hanging out with me. And I was like, you know, this is a fantastic essay and it's, it doesn't have to be something super serious to be a good essay. And so, and he clearly, you know, enjoyed it. And you can feel that passion that, you know, through the, through his writing. And so whatever you're interested in, whether it's serious or silly, whatever it might be, just, you know, go for what you're interested in.
0: Well, it goes back to what you said at the beginning, write about what you know and what you're interested in. So the essay, the example that you shared, which is a great example Obviously, he enjoyed it. He showed his passion, but I also like that he connected it back to Virginia Tech in terms of what he intends to do once he's on campus and part of that big Virginia Tech community. So I think that's a great example. I appreciate you sharing that, X-Ray. And of course, aside from the academics, what can you tell us about what makes a student stand out in the overall admissions process? And again, I know that you've mentioned a couple of things, but what else could you share with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, um, you know, those four short answers that we'll ask you definitely is a huge part. Um, and so when I'm reviewing an application, definitely, you know, I, I see, I think a, a a mistake students make, especially my STEM folks, anyone interested in STEM, <laughs> you make this mistake more often than, than others. <laughs> um, and it's not putting a lot of effort into the short answers. They say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be an engineer or I'm going to be a mathematician. I don't need to write anything. I don't need to know how to write. I've got, you know, a perfect math SAT score or something like that, you know, Um I still say to spend some time on those short answers because that's how I get to know you. And I think that's an important piece. So definitely, no matter who you are, or no matter what major, spend some time on those short answer questions. Or if it's for another university, spend some time on that essay question. Um, because that that part is what really connects you to the reviewer, um, to whoever's looking at your application. And then, of course, if you're in any extracurriculars, if you play a sport, if you have a job outside of school, if you babysit, whatever it might be. Let us know those things, too, because we do look at that uh, that extracurricular activity that you're doing. And so we say, you know, when we're doing a review process, we call it a holistic review because we're not just looking at the grades. We're looking at the short answer questions. We're looking at any extracurriculars. And so those will definitely play a factor as well.
0: Well, that's great advice, and students need to look at the overall application as a marketing package, if you will, yeah. where every single piece needs to build on the next one. You don't want to repeat what's in other parts of the application, but if a college or a university students is asking you to answer short answer questions, a supplemental, what have you, put the time and effort into it. Absolutely. If they're asking you, it's part of their overall evaluation process, and you don't want to just um, spend no time on it, no thought, because it will come through in your answers. Yeah. And and,
1: I, I, and just to kind of piggyback off that a little bit, I, I actually just got this question today. Um, a, dad, a dad asked me, you know, now with all those applications, do you guys have some sort of, you know, bot or, or robot to go in and make automatic decisions? And I was like, no, you know, we I go through and read these individually, you know, application by application. And I I, I wasn't insulted, but I was just like, I want to make sure that he knows that, you know, we are human beings putting in the effort to read each one of these. And so, um, you know, we, I definitely ask, you know, you put in the effort because it, it makes it more enjoyable for me, right? If I'm going to read a couple thousand of these, I'd like them to be good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's, I, I really appreciate you sharing because I do think it's a good question and that's a great answer. And it's part of the reason why we put shows like this together because students and parents always want to know what happens when we hit submit. You know, yeah, is there yeah. is there a machine that does it? And the answer is no. There are actual human beings like X3 yeah. on the other side, you know, receiving the applications that go through an extensive evaluation process. So I appreciate that, X3. And I know, I know you talked about extracurricular activities, but are there certain activities that you expect students to participate in based on the majors that they are applying to.
1: Yeah, and that's a great question. It's the one that I typically get from students as well. You know, they ask, you know, if I'm interested in electrical engineering or or mechanical, should I be in like the robotics club? Or if I'm interested in you know art, should I be in an extracurricular art class or something like that? And the answer is, I mean, if you want to be, um, I think here at Virginia Tech we are are really about you pursuing your interests. And so that doesn't have to mean it lines up with your major. As long as you're doing something else in the classroom, that's what I'm looking for. It doesn't have to be something in particular. There's no one thing that's better than another. I would just say pursue your passions. And, you know, whatever those passions are, make sure you tell us about it because we'll be looking. But there isn't something that's going to be like, well, well, this kid, you know, he's got it all perfectly lined up. He's definitely in it. You could be, you know, a history major with, you know, maybe you play soccer or maybe you you know, play basketball, whatever it is. And, you know, those two things don't necessarily go together. And that's absolutely fine for us.
0: Hey, podcast friends, are you or someone, you know, in need of some custom college gear? Prep Sportswear carries a wide variety of college fan gear and apparel, including T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So whether you're getting ready to go to the game, hanging out on campus, organizing a college bed decorating party, or you're simply looking to build upon your college gear, prep sportswear has you covered check out our prep sportswear affiliate partnership link in the show notes for all the details as an affiliate partner with prep sportswear the podcast does receive a small commission if you make a purchase but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel that would benefit our listeners and now back to the show Another question that comes up a lot is about the GPA on the student's transcript. So do you use the GPA as indicated on their transcript, or do you recalculate using your own metrics? And if so, any insight that you could provide would be greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah, and so here at Tech, we actually do both. Um, So I'll see, you know, whatever you report to us, and typically that's, you know, the weighted GPA. Um, But weighted or unweighted, whatever your school does, Um, definitely report that but then we recalculate it and we have our own as well and something i like to talk to parents about and and students for that matter as well I, i always give the example hey in virginia in in the state of virginia there are five different gpa grading scales alone i mean so when a student says you know i've got this gpa what does that mean for me it's tough for me to say because i don't have any context um and so when i'm reviewing an application i spend maybe a couple seconds looking at your GPA because it it really doesn't mean anything without that context. And so, like I said earlier, I get a school profile so I can see what your school offers. And so I'll actually pull up that profile and I'll see, all right, what does your school offer versus what are you taking? And then how are you doing in those classes? So when a student asks me, you know, what's the GPA you're looking for? I always tell them I'm looking for a strong mix of A's and B's in upper level classes, whatever GPA that is at your school, you know, that's what we're looking for.
0: Well, that's a great answer. Thank you so much. And does Virginia Tech offer any programs for students that may have had an IEP while in high school to, of course, help ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on campus? And if so, x can you explain what you offer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely do. And so students who have IEPs, they'll definitely want to make sure that they have the documentation and, and provide it to us once they're coming over um, because we will honor that. And so we'll honor any IEPs, but then we also have the Student Success Center and so that's a place where students can go and get tutoring, extra help. Um, whether you have an IEP or not, I always recommend taking advantage of that because uh, that, like any sort of like fee, is already taken care of in your tuition. So there's no extra cost to you. Um, so definitely go take advantage of that. Go use that student success center for sure. And then of course we have peer tutoring, peer mentors that you can take advantage of as well. And so really all the resources are here for you. You just have to go and, and take advantage of them. And obviously if you you've got something where you know, you might need a little extra time on tests or you might need a, a place to take them, you know, by yourself. We'll honor that as well.
0: Well, we appreciate that. And this has been a phenomenal conversation, x 3 And it leads us to our last question, which of course is, what are your top three pieces of advice that you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process?
1: Absolutely. And I, I love this question because I've got a soapbox to get on, <laughs> um, and, and so my my first piece of advice is to ask questions. I, I think too often this process is very shadowy, right? Like you like you mentioned earlier, people want to know what happens when they hit that send button. <laughs> ask us, you know. I'm I'm happy to tell you. Um, I'm happy to sit down and, and talk about what that process looks like because it can be really anxiety inducing, right? When you don't know what's happening behind the scenes, when you Feel like you're being judged by you know this big entity you know virginia tech um is looking at my application but really it's just it's just me <laughs> i'm just a guy like anybody else um so you know ask us questions because we're happy to to help walk you through that situation help walk you through you know our process and answer any questions you might have about the process or even about you know virginia tech overall um so ask questions no matter who you're you know applying to um is my first piece of advice um my second would definitely be to check your email <laughs> uh make sure you're checking your email because that's how colleges are going to be communicating with you um some will send texts some will do calls but email is going to be the primary way that anyone's trying to reach out to you and you're if you're in high school right now you're at a pivotal age you're you're starting to get you'll or you will start to get less text messages less snapchats more emails <laughs> and that's that's one thing i've noticed you know into adulthood that, you know I, I wake up to probably 20 emails every morning to kind of get through um and and you know answer. But the college process, you know, we, we're not emailing you stuff that you don't need, right? It's gonna be stuff that is important. It'll be either information or it'll be, you know, a reminder, hey, maybe your application's missing something. So definitely make sure you're checking your email because that's how we'll we'll communicate with you. Um and then my last piece of advice and my most sentimental piece of advice is definitely just to Relax. Um, like I said earlier, I think this process can be very daunting. And I think a lot of times students and parents both can can work themselves up a good bit here uh and and be very anxious about well, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? Uh take a deep breath and realize that, you know, the college application process is maybe seven months out of out of your life, right? Um and worst case scenario, let's say you get denied to your dream school and obviously you're gonna be sad, obviously you're gonna that's gonna be a hit. But life goes on, right? You know, pick your head up. Um, maybe you transfer in. Maybe you find a different school that's a great fit. But life continues. And I, I think for, for this generation in particular, you're going to be very successful. Um, you've got the world at your fingertips. And you, you've got all the resources there. And so it's all going to be okay. And I think a lot of times you just have to remind yourself of that, that it is all going to be okay. Because uh, it is easy to kind of get bogged down in the process itself and, and to lose sight of that piece. So.
0: Well, those are tremendous pieces of advice. I can't thank you enough, X-Ray. I'm so happy because I know this is going to help so many students and their parents as they navigate through the college admissions process. I definitely hope to have you again. But again, we appreciate your uh, expertise and time today.
1: Absolutely. And it's great being here. I'm happy to come on whenever. Um, I love this. And Maybe we'll have to have you on, on my podcast. <laughs> I <laughs> to would get love that. On there and we'll we'll do a little you know swap episode.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Anytime. Thanks again, X-Ray. You were awesome.